The Brandon Peters Show may contain explicit language and detailed plot points. For more information on the show, stay tuned to the end of the episode. Here's Brandon. Welcome back to Old Space Show. I'm Brandon, and this is my co-captain, Jim. Hello. Welcome to Moon by Alpha. This installment of Old Space Show follows our continued episode-by-episode travelogue through the first season of Space 1999, where the moon is knocked out of orbit, wandering through the far reaches of space, the population of its human-built colony hoping to stumble upon a new home. Today, we are talking about the seventh episode, Missing Link. This episode. Peter Cushing guest star. This episode. He looks like the villain from Strawberry Shortcake. This episode. Koenig falls in love. This episode. Carter punches people. This episode. Lots of people. As a reminder, we are going through the episodes in the fan-preferred production order, not broadcast order, as found on your streaming services. Missing Link, we have written by Edward DiLorenzo, the writer of Ring Around the Moon, directed by Ray Austin, who directed Ring Around the Moon, and does, you know, nine total episodes. Lots of TV from him. Oh, my uh, goodness. Ray Austin. His his whole, his IMDb is huge. I mean, he name a, name a TV show this guy directed. Barnaby Jones, Vegas, Hawaii Five-0, BJ and the Bear, Wonder Woman, Love Highlander. Boat, Highlander, Quincy, Magnum P.I., Simon and Simon, V, Airwolf. I mean, this guy's all Fall over. Fall Guy, Heart to Heart. Like, yeah, it, Spencer for Hire, yeah. Mm-hmm. Hardy Boys, Nancy Drew. And of course, of course, because we have to. The Avengers. <laughs> yeah, and the Avengers. And the new Avengers when it came back. But the amazing part about it is he started out as a stunt guy. Yeah. Like his stunt, he's had a whole stunt career. He was in the Dirty Dozen as a stuntman, uh, the, tar, the Ron Ely Tarzan movie, uh, Cleopatra, you know, the Elizabeth Taylor, as a stuntman for like a decade and then switched to directing and then to writing. Hmm. So interesting cat, for sure. He is, but he's under the shadow of a bigger cat that's in this one, Peter Cushing. Yes. We just had Christopher Lee. Now Peter Cushing. And now we go to Peter Cushing. And a gold, gold-plated Peter Cushing at that. <laughs> yes. We'll, we'll get to him. But yeah, Peter. I'm a huge Peter Cushing fan. Well, who I, is it, man? Know, Come on, those Hammer oh, movies. Who I grew up on watching really? them on Saturday mornings. So. I mean, he's one reason, you know, like the original Star Wars, that's a factor that appears in no other movies. Like that makes it stand with where it's at like they have you know one end of the spectrum you got Alec Guinness and then you have Peter Cushing and Cushing is tremendous like there's only been one villain to like sit next to Vader and like be as intimidating as Vader Yeah, when you can stare down Darth Vader who's like a a good foot taller than you yeah Yeah. that's that's some presence but yeah yeah he own yeah he holds his own in the company of him and the Emperor it's just incredible so this one features uh, after Koenig's eagle crashes on the planet Zeno his 
soul is captured and scrutinized by a resident alien oh. due to the fact that we humans appear to be their missing link. We get Koenig and Carter going off alone. Once again, this is the thing that seems to be a recurring theme. Hey, we're going to send the commander of the entire base off to this dangerous mission, right? And mm-hmm. they almost crash, and then Koenig gets hit on the noggin, right? And he's, like, bleeding like bleeding mm-hmm. and stuff, and he's, like, in, in our... You get a gash. Yes, a big gash of ketchup on his, on his head, right? A gash which they get all their money's worth out of throughout the next couple episodes. Right. <laughs> they keep using <laughs> it over and over. He's, like, knocked down. They're trying to the medical team and everything to get to him. There's an episode of Star Trek where Kirk is all by himself wandering around the Enterprise, and that's mm-hmm. what this is. The only person on Moonbase Alpha is somewhere someone is playing a theremin. Yeah. And they never show who, but you hear the theremin in the background. And then he, like, looks out a window, take a drink, and he sees <laughs> his own flatline there in Moonbase Alpha Yeah, uh, on the screen. And then he sees a reflection of something, like a ghost in the window, right? Spoiler, it's Peter Cushion covered in gold paint wearing robes. <laughs> mm-hmm. He looks like, I don't know, Jim, if it's going to be a memory for you, but like my childhood, he looks like the bad guy from Strawberry Shortcake. Yeah. Um, the, yeah the Pie, pie Man of Porcupine Peak. Yes. The Pie he Man. He looks yeah. like he's him. Like that's what he reminded me. That hat, especially. Yeah, that's what uh, tipped the, it off. The gold skin and the long white hair. Made me think, uh, you know, made me think of something. Yeah, that hat definitely is mm-hmm. the evil Pyman uh, situation. But the rest of him, he's kind of dressed like a Flemish glassblower in a way. Like, right. He's got like the long robes and the long hair, but then he's painted gold. You mentioned Kona walking around. I, I like this wandering around. So if they had a weird crew on that ship that crashed, it was Koenig, Carter, Sandra, and Bergman. Right. She normally gets left back at Alpha. Same with Bert. Like, I don't know what that group was up to, but. That's fine, but the the wandering around emptiness, that's kind of a trope I like. Like the, um, yeah, they've done it a few times on this show and like I said others. Sandra, I mean, in D D terms, she has like an eighteen constitution, man. <laughs> She's always getting hurt, knocked around, beaten up, knocked over. I mean And bad things happen to her, back. like people dying. Yes. <laughs> and her or you know, her, her partner dies, right. like all kinds of bad stuff happens to her. Super resilient. So anyway, like I love the sequence where Koenig is by himself, right? He goes down to Command Central, and he looks up on the screen, and he sees this art that looks like it's from an album cover by Yes. Right. Uh, uh, our, we <laughs> have a, a guest artist for this episode, no doubt. That yeah. is, and she also so it's Joanna Dunham, and she also plays Vanna, the daughter of Peter Cushing's Ron. Well, she was in all, she was in a few Hammer films like The House of Drip mm-hmm. Blood and stuff. But they said I, they would go to the lobby, and they're like, "Hey, anybody? Uh, any of you guys?" busy right now we, we could use the guest but there's this whole sequence where like koenig is in the is in command right he looks up on the mm-hmm. screen and it looks like i don't know it looks like the art from the side of a, a van from the 70s it looks like you know like like <laughs> oh, a sure, pro- yeah. prog rock art cover right and then as he's standing there he like starts tilt-a-whirling around like he's like spot like spinning mm-hmm. and like the camera is like distorting and he's spinning around with the screen and like it's yeah. just a really uh, funny uh, sequence. And then he wakes up in a universe entirely made of bed linen and fog machines. Yes. <laughs> 500 million light years from Earth. And they reference Triton again, which they had. Mm-hmm. It was the name of the planet yeah. in another episode. But they say it's a solar system in this one. So um, 
he meets the gold-plated Peter Cushing there yes. <laughs> amongst the fog machine on planet Zeno. And they're like these aliens. So like they have a lifespan that's a, like humans are a lifespan's a tenth of these aliens. Right. And Ron, he wants to know the human mind. Right. And he title drops. He says, you are our missing link. Well, he like comes to his alien race are all thought and logic. Mm-hmm. And they've forgotten what anger is. Spoiler for later in the episode, but Koenig teaches them about love. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Koenig, like the he, uh, self-proclaimed caveman of the future. Mm-hmm. But I just love the bedlam and aesthetic of this alien planet. I'm just right. like, wow. You didn't have to build anything this time. It's calm. It's a frame for these sheets. It's very common. Yeah, they just want him to like hang out there, study him, and let him die. I mean, I think that's pretty much the goal. Well, the whole time Peter Cushing is explaining who he is to him, they're rotating slowly. Did mm-hmm. you notice that? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like spinning as if they were in a dance sequence in a like, prom movie or something. Right. While they're talking. It's <laughs> like, why? Why are they doing this? Are they just trying to make each other dizzy or whatever? I mean, It's different. <laughs> they have this the, the dream sequence he has while he's on there on Xeno with Bergman, and it turns into him like being like pulled around with these freaky-ass creatures, like the one... There's like a oh yeah I have here a deranged looking version of the thinker here I wrote my notes K gets attacked by carpet remnant monsters (laughs) then he gets strapped to a chair and covered with webs yeah because the one comes from above yeah then he cries Victor help me Victor help me like four or five times in a row it was incredible I'm just like but yeah he also meets the the dude's daughter Vana Vana it was just such a Captain Kirk reference tell me of this thing called love earth man yeah. <laughs> kind of thing. i'm just like oh come on fringe uh, they also have uh, back on the alpha like koenig's body is there they recover him oh yeah they, they, they everybody wakes up on the the eagle that was on it they drag him they put him in oh the no they have to take thing. the top off the right. eagle to take him back because he's like in such critical condition right and then they have him sitting there and the whole their whole part of this episode is uh, a struggling debating over Koenig's body, but for me it was like, okay, there there's not much for them to do but bicker and do sci-fi medical stuff for this episode. Like they fight, they can do a fist fight over it. Oh that yeah, that comes later, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, He's not dead yet. <laughs> I'm right. sorry. I like to exaggerate Alan Carter because oh, no, it's, it's an exaggeration already. Yeah, but cause, like because he has oh. a he has a hothead moment during this. He he fights people in the sick bay. Yeah, like because they're like we're gonna let Koenig die, and he's like, let me punch somebody now. I'm punch him back to life. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. So in this episode, like just in the uh, just like in the Star Trek episode, the cage, mm-hmm. they like make all these things in his brain to like try to placate him or test him or experiment on him or whatever. Right. And the first is is Victor getting like really mad at him for not being a nihilist right <laughs> he's, like, he's like come on everything's lost we're all gonna die blah, blah. And, <laughs> why are you not mad and, and pissed off like me it was so funny and but then when Koenig is like teaching vana about love i'm like awesome oh, don't tell helena <laughs> oh yeah yeah what's going on like he is ready to like ditch her for the next thing even for her her other future self he's like well, I guess I could go for this. Like, oh, hey, come on now. Come on now. He's really bitter over that one one hot night in the cryo chamber with... Uh, I just think it's so lady. funny how he, like, kind of polyshores his way out of this by being mm-hmm. the worst son-in-law possible. 
Right. That's how Kanan gets out of the situation. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, because they, so him and Vana have this, like, like, well, Ron and Vana debate over the right, whether they have the right to do these this testing right. on, on Koenig. And then there's a scenario where Vana and Koenig are going to get married. And then well, Vana, Vana and Koenig have these really dumb conversations yeah. about love, first of all. Right. <laughs> right. Yeah. And then he brings, like, Ron brings, like, Sandra into it. Right, he brings Sandra, like yeah. Her or like I, it was weird. He brings Sandra over to try to talk Kanig into going back. He's like, well, because at first Kanig's like, I want out of here. I want to get back to Alpha. But then he's like, no, I'm going to stay here with Vana. We're going to be together. We're going to be united. He even says that to the to the dad, and I was like, ew. Right. <laughs> he says that, and when he kisses her in front of the dad, like he kisses her. That was like a really slow. I wrote in here slowest kiss ever. Take that, <laughs> And then they show Peter Cushing looking from behind them. I'm like, oh, right. gross. Yeah. He's not too happy about his daughter wanting to get with the caveman. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. And then he decides, Ron says that there's a balance between feeling and thinking being the key to life. And though sure. the Ron and K- Koenig's worlds have never figured out how to do it. Of course, humanity hasn't figured out how to do it. Kidding me? Like you said before, they're trying all these different things to bring Koenig back mm-hmm. to life. They hook him up to an oscilloscope and they put a bit in his mouth. And right. I don't know what they were doing, but they turned the oscilloscope up and he looked like he was being like electrically shocked or something. Mm-hmm. But that like kept his, his thing going. And then you have like Carter and Paul and Victor all yelling at each other oh, yeah. you know, <laughs> about who was supposed to be in charge. And Connor yells at some woman for dropping coffee. And oh, yeah. Jeez, like, man. All it takes is Kanan to be a little sick, and you guys are just falling to pieces. Oh, right. Wow. Well, then he wakes up, finally, to an emotional and elated Helena Russell, and he's back on the ship. And But you forgot about the part about where he says goodbye to Vana. Oh, yeah. Okay. And then Vana, in a like Padme-type move, <laughs> dematerializes herself because she loves him so much. Right. Oh, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to exist anymore after tens of thousands of years because you're so awesome, Koenig. Oh, she gave in to feelings. <laughs> and whenever they left a room, I noticed, too, they would back up. They would, like, slowly right. back into the fog. Like, they wouldn't walk. They'd, like, be rolled off into the fog. <laughs> and then, like you said, the very end of the episode, Carter's in there. He's fist fighting two of the security guys. <laughs> no, I laughed. I died when that happened. Oh, my God. It was they got everything Koenig. you have stereotyped onto this guy come true. Like, if it's... <laughs> I'm going to punch him back to life. <laughs> like, like, seriously, we've been joking about like pulling some exaggerative stuff on Carter, and it, like, happened. And I was like, oh, my gosh. This is what Jim is talking about every time. It's, it's he true, really though. This guy. He's the alpha of alpha. Oh, yeah. yeah. But I love the little thing they had on Katie's chest. It looked like a cross between a TV train and a light bright. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. They that was use super that all cool. the time. Yeah. They'll use it again later. Yeah. I love I love the fake tech on this show in a major major way. Oh it's no, really, really I, yeah, I geek for out it. over it. It's like wow, why would I have such a small CRT? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I love it all. But they're yeah. like literally fist fighting and beating each other up, and Helen is like, "Please, you know, stop!" And it's hard to call security, and security's fighting and everything. And then Katie just wakes up and smiles at Helena, like nothing right. happened. Like, hey, what's up, baby? Yeah, I, I was I, making out with a gold lady, but you don't need to know that. I had, side, I had another side job here. <laughs> Luckily, that alien uh, erased Sandra's memory, so she doesn't know. She can't tell. She has no All idea. Right. 
this episode kind of dull for me because they really had no idea what to do with anything other than the Koenig story, and that wasn't enough. They should have had the the all the people of the Eagle have this happen to them and see how they all react in different ways and see how humanity has an impact on these aliens. Rather, Cushing probably was the budget maybe for this episode, but. They had to make the most of, of what they could with him. There's something here with this, but it's not a like it's, it's like one uh, person story. It's that whole you know Slaughterhouse Five, Star Trek: The Cage, Human Zoo ref, right? right? And I mean we've seen it before, but it can be done interestingly. You know, yeah. What if they captured like him, Helena, and Victor, and you could have seen like what they could have tried to do, do and you know what environment they would put them in to try to get them to be on their side or whatever i mean it would have been more interesting but right yeah you needed to involve more of the crew in this story rather than and then you can still have your bullshit are we gonna let them live or let them die thing but do it with like dr matthias kano sandra and paul back at (laughs) back at the spaceship and let some of the main players go through this sort of you know feelings versus logic debate story right. going on in their own different ways because you have the man of science you have the leader you have helena they could all have had different aspects and seen how they could influence those aliens rather than just koenig who is our maybe one of our flattest characters to do so i would, you know? I would love to see somebody riff these you know oh, what gosh, i mean because yeah. like these are imminently riffable because i'm watching it and i'm just like there's a scene where kashi comes out and he goes you're not a prisoner you ought to be our permanent guest. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just like, Whoa. you know, oh, I had so to put good. that in. It was so good. But um, just seeing him in the white hippie hair with oh, the yeah. gold paint and the Renaissance garb, it was just like, oh, wow. I, I just, I'm just trying to think of the costume designers. You know, like, oh, what we got back here? <laughs> what haven't we used yet or how can we make this see, what, look different what we got back here oh we're using the fire machines this episode okay great <laughs> okay. although Rama's daughter did remind me a lot of glenda the good witch so oh yeah so, true well that'll do for another moon buggy adventure till next time jim what's going on with you around the web remember what they learned this week they learned about love well, anyway, I <laughs> uh, every week, uh, Nothing's On, me, professional comedian Donnie Salvo, and Mr. Daryl Taylor talk about entertainment and TV and movie news, all the news that doesn't matter in our own knuckleheaded kind of fun way with uh, 100% shenanigans turned all the way up. Nothing's On. It's available at the TaylorNetworkPodcast.com. You can also listen to The Walking Dead TV podcast. We're covering right now. We're covering Fear of the Walking Dead and Walking Dead World Beyond. And that's available at hhwlod.com or on iTunes, Amazon, or wherever your finest podcasts are purveyed. And you can find my written work at whysoblue.com and on Twitter and Instagram at Brandon4KUHD. There's more fun from the Brandon Peters show this week, but from old space. I'm old and spacious, so Moonbase Alpha out. Thank you for listening. The Brandon Peters Show is a Creative Zombie Studios production. Produced by Brad Shoemaker and Brandon Peters. Written and edited by Brandon Peters. Announcer vocals by Jessica Alsman. Theme song by Metavari. Web design and show art by Brad Shoemaker with Brandon Peters. All music and clips featured in the episode are property of their respective studios and no infringement is intended. 
Additional information on this and other episodes at thebrandonpetershow.com. For any inquiries, press opportunities, or sponsorship, contact mail at thebrandonpetershow.com. The show is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or anywhere podcasts are found. Thank you.